Welcome to another episode of the Movie Place with Rick and Jeff. I'm Rick. And I'm Jeff. And Jeff, we all might be stuck in our homes, but you and I are providing a central service. Podcasting. Does that mean that we can stay open, right? Because we're essential now? Yes, the government has literally listed podcasters as a central service. And they named us specifically by name. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, so... This is our first episode in the midst of the apocalypse under quarantine. And what better way to spend your time quarantined than to stream everything and anything? I know you've all had a really long queue of things you meant to watch. So do it now. What are you going to do? Exercise? <laughs> Look, I always said that I really wish um, that... Hollywood would just pause making movies for about a year so we can all catch up. But I didn't want it like this, Jeff. Yeah, this is very much not what I wanted because I had <laughs> had this thought too. And it's one of those careful what you wish for moments because I don't know. I don't like this. <laughs> On the bright side, yeah. I am saving a lot of money. And the world. Yes, yes, and the world. Also, thank you, audience. For staying home and saving the world. How often do you get to say. I'm saving the world. By binge watching Netflix. Right? It's wonderful. Unless you're listening to us in public right now. And if so go home. Unless you're an essential worker. And you're doing it while you're working. In which case I guess that's fine. Yeah then then we salute you. Yeah. But, then, but if you're doing anything non-essential. Go home. But once you are home, we have a list. We have six different things on six different streaming services to recommend you on this episode today. All right. So what's number one? Rick, I think you mentioned some kind of HBO show. Yes. The first recommendation is one for me. And it's on HBO. And it's Watchmen. Now, we're going beyond our normal movie spirit today because, you know, it's a quarantine. You you can only watch so many movies. Uh, so we're adding shows to the list, but Watchmen uh, on HBO, I think, is a legitimate masterpiece. And it only has uh, one season. It only will have one season. So it's a close loop, and you can... Really take your time and enjoy it for what it's, and really experience maybe maybe the best show of the modern era. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if I would say that, but it's definitely up there. Watchmen is so goddamn good. So for people who don't know, Watchmen is a the original Watchmen is a graphic novel by Ellen Moore and Dave Gibbons, and it's about. It's a satire of comic books and superheroes and really a dissection of the genre. And to that extent, um, this show continues the story from the comics. Not the 
Zack Snyder movie, but the original comic book. And the biggest difference is, of course, giant squid attacks New York uh, instead of Dr. Manhattan nuclear explosions. Spoilers for Watchmen, this 30-year-old thing. Um, but, but this show continues on from the comics and takes place in modern day, but in the Watchmen world and starts off as this procedural cop show and then gradually, gradually builds up to all the Watchmen craziness you've come to expect. I am so glad they decided to go with the original book instead of the Zack Schneider film because, first of all, screw Zack Schneider. Just secondly, like... That's assuming you haven't watched the Snyder Cut Justice League, Jeff. uh, uh, But also, like, changing the bomb to Dr. Manhattan makes absolutely no sense to bring world peace. It's like, hey, let's go to war. Boom. Really? Because I thought... For the time, it made a lot of sense. I I like how the show goes back to the squid because I think that continues the story better. But I feel like for the time, what was it, 2008? uh, I think changing that ending to Dr. Manhattan grounds him more in the real world and still provides Russia and the United States with a common enemy. And the beauty of that is it. It, it was during the time of uh, movies like Dark Knight, where superhero movies had a more gritty, realistic uh, tone. And Watchmen continued that trend and making Dr. Manhattan the ultimate cause of world peace rather than a giant squid created by Ozymandias, I think makes a lot of sense in that world. I don't know. If I were either the Americans or Russians and went like, oh, Dr. Manhattan did this. Wait, isn't he Team America? Isn't that how Vietnam became a, a state? No, that's, um. well, for, well, in the story, Dr. Manhattan goes off to Mars and he has abandoned America and abandoned humanity. And the attacks included uh, major American cities as well as cities around the world. So I don't think there would have been a misconception um, about where Dr. Manhattan's allegiances lie. The cliffhanger instead that both the show and the, or both the movie and the book gives is Rorschach's journal. And that's really where a lot of the plot for this new TV show comes from. Right. And can you really blame Dr. Manhattan for saying, fuck off Earth, I'm leaving? Like, he just takes a look at what we're doing, and now there's a coronavirus challenge where you lick <laughs> toilet seats. He's like, nah, dude. Nah, peace out. I'm done. <laughs> it's kind of like the, uh, it's kind of like the new reboot Watchmen comic book, or uh, where it's Jeff Johns's magnum opus, and it leads to the Watchmen universe colliding with the DC universe, and you're expecting this uh, giant confrontation at the end, and it's just. Superman confronting Dr. Manhattan and saying, who are you, sad about a girl? And he's like, yeah, I am sad about a girl. Let's work this out with words. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else about Watchmen? <laughs> uh, again, we don't want to go too much into spoiler territory, and this is a recommendations uh, podcast. But again, I don't. you don't have to be familiar with the original material to enjoy Watchmen. 
And I think legitimately, I don't say this lightly, I think it's legitimately a masterpiece and it should be seen by anyone who enjoys drama. All right. I totally agree. Uh, if you have time to watch Watchmen, go ahead. I promise it's worth it. And if you think it's not worth it, then you're wrong. <laughs> who watches the Watchmen? You and me, Jeff. And everyone else should. <laughs> so, Jeff, what's your first recommendation and what service is it on? So, most of my streaming is done on Netflix. So, I'm going to go with Netflix first. My recommendation is a TV show called Kingdom. Now, full disclosure, this show's in Korean. So, you're going to have to read subtitles. I hope you're cool with that. Because... Parasite just won the Oscar, so deal with it. (laughs) Anyway, if I had to describe this show, I would call it Game of Thrones in Feudal Korea. A lot of you probably rolled your eyes when I said Game of Thrones in Feudal Korea. Because a lot of people probably pitch you a lot of shows and they go like, Hey, you should watch this show. It's Game of Thrones plus X. Game of Thrones plus Y. We get it. But no, I'm serious, okay? This show has... An evil but influential family that's conspiring to take the throne from a well-meaning but naive true ruler. Plus, surprise, there are zombies that dislike warm sunlight. Yeah, you know, I always dislike the Starks as the bad guys in Game of Thrones. Always plotting to take the throne from the rightful Joffrey Baratheon. Yeah, poor Joffrey and the Purple Wedding. God, that was the saddest day of my life. <laughs> and the Red Wedding was the best day of your life? Oh, yeah. We had a, <laughs> we had a Super Bowl-like party for that. Uh, of course. I mean, that does... I haven't seen the show yet, but that does sound very, very much like Game of Thrones. Fun fact, after the Red Wedding, I didn't talk to anyone for a whole day. I, I couldn't. I just, I was just completely silent. And people at work were like, Jeff, Jeff pick up the phone. <laughs> no, when I uh, first started watching Game of Thrones, it was during uh, first year of law school, and we were preparing f- and studying for finals. And I must have binged about three seasons in two weeks. And then I was just watching multiple episodes a day in my downtime in between study breaks, in between study sessions, not the breaks. I was studying during those. Uh, or watching Game of Thrones. But I uh, I was watching multiple episodes a day until I got to the Red Wedding, and I literally put, could not watch the show for like an entire week after that. Yeah. Also, how you managed to pass your classes while binge-watching Game of Thrones is beyond me. No, I was literally just studying and then watching Game of Thrones. I was doing nothing else. It's like, it's very similar to the current quarantine situation. <laughs> Everything comes full circle. <laughs> so, tell us why you're recommending Korean Game of Thrones. Because, I mean, first of all, a lot of us are still craving Game of Thrones. And by that, I mean seasons one through six. Mm -hmm. And we're craving, like, Prime Walking Dead. Right, right. Uh, Which is, of course, season one to season 2.3. Season one and season three. Season one, yeah. Well, season two minus the farm episodes. 
oh, so season one and season three. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So this show's probably not over. There's only two seasons so far. But it's better than Game of Thrones season eight because obviously. But um, the things that you want to happen actually do happen. They don't taunt you with... Jamie Lannister becoming a better person. And then, surprise, I go back to season three, Jamie Lannister. They don't pull any of that stuff on you. I know Rick is still bitter about that. I mean, I'm bitter about a lot of things. <laughs> um, it's also paced better. Not just Game of Thrones, but, you know, yeah. generally. <laughs> <laughs> for a reason. <laughs> so it's paced better. Everyone is in a radically different position at the end of each season relative to where they were in the beginning. Uh, kind of like Westworld. You know how like Westworld season one, at the end of season one, everything's different. And at the end of season two, everything's different. It's like that. That's how pacing should be. Compare this. Yeah. yeah. You know, I must have watched Westworld, every episode of Westworld multiple times. And I still have no idea what's happening in that show. Dude, that show makes me feel so stupid. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm all like. It was because people figured out season one too fast. Oh it was because Reddit figured out season one by episode three. Like, I fight people with my brain every day at work, and I feel pretty good because I'm like, oh, that was a difficult thing, and I solved it. Wow, I'm really smart. And I go home and watch Westworld, and I'm like, I'm not smart. (laughs) (laughs) There was, so to the extent how smart the Reddit Hidemind is, uh, Bernard, in season one of Westworld, Bernard, or spoilers for season one, I guess, Bernard Lowe, um, is one of the main characters who's uh, a, a robot version of another character named Arna Weber. And people figured out by like episode two or three that Bernard Lowe is an anagram of Arna Weber. But the problem is the show never told you Arnold's last name. So people figured out this main character's last name before the show even told you through like this weird anagram. Oh my god. And the twist of who he actually is. By the way, does it feel a little racially weird that you cast a black guy in one of your leading roles, but he has no free will and he has to listen to everything from the rich white guy? It feels kind of weird, right? But don't you think that it was the humans without free will at the end of the day? Right, right. There is that. <laughs> it's like um, you it's like you watch the show, Jeff. You don't even understand it. I don't. I don't. All I know (laughs) is that in season three, they brought Jesse Pinkman back to play Jesse Pinkman. (laughs) You have... uh, Jesse Pinkman if he joined the military. Yeah. You have uh, Aaron Paul as a sympathetic but lonely and alienated criminal who doesn't like doing the serious criminal stuff, just the small stuff, and he's an underachiever. You're like, dude, typecast. Yeah, but robots, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so back to Kingdom. I think it's really good. This is the first show I've ever binge-watched an entire season on the night it came out. So let that so that's high pra- That's high praises. Yeah. Also, my girlfriend kind of made me, so I don't know how high praises it really is, but I did do that. <laughs> All right. So it's pretty new, Kingdom, but... Uh, Rick, I think your next recommendation is very, very not new. So we're going back to movies, and we're going to the streaming service called Crackle. 
Now, you might not have heard of Crackle. Crackle is Sony's streaming service. And here's here's the best part about it. It's completely free. But it's completely free because it's ad-supported. And I don't love watching movies uh, with ads, but I think watching comedies with ads is perfectly fine. And I'm going to recommend the greatest comedy of all time which is Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. It's a classic. I like it. And very relevant to modern times, I feel like. I mean, we almost had World War Three earlier this year before this pandemic. Uh, over the dumbest thing. <laughs> so Dr. Strangelove is... Um, Dr. Strangelove is a political satire that takes place during the Cold War, and it's about tensions between Americans and Russians and how close we are to nuclear Armageddon. Um, maybe there's a theme here with Watchmen. But, <laughs> but uh, so this, this movie follows two uh, distinct groups, one group of U.S. soldiers uh, in a nuclear-armed airplane, and in the and another group in the war room of the White House, so of the Pentagon, rather. So this movie, uh, it sounds it's a very serious subject matter, but it is perhaps the most hilarious movie you will ever see, and directed by the all-time great Stanley Kubrick. Is this the best Kubrick movie? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Let me let me think of Kubrick. I mean, off the top of my head, I think up there would be two thousand one, The Shining, Clockwork Orange. But yeah, I would definitely, I would definitely put this among his top tier. All right, that's fair. I enjoyed those movies too. <laughs> but uh, definitely recommended if you want to have a chuckle at a very serious situation planning the state of the world i like to quote this movie as often as possible at work because <laughs> we have rooms where we just plan litigation strategy and they're called war rooms <laughs> and then every time someone says something or raises their voice or disagrees with someone i go you can't find it here this is the war room <laughs> and then and- do people just stare at you People would just stare at me. Nobody has ever laughed, but that <laughs> ship is, baby. You know, um, comedians, when one of their jokes doesn't work, they usually move on to a new joke. Well, there's a good thing I'm not a professional. <laughs> it's a good reason I'm not a professional. Uh, but... You might not be a professional comedian, but you are a professional movie recommender. Jeff, what's your next recommendation? And what's that on? So I also have Hulu. And my next pick is a movie. It's called Big Time Adolescence. It's a comedy starring Pete Davidson and a bunch of people you don't know. I mean, or at least a bunch of people I don't know. And then John Cryer from Two and a Half Men. You don't know Pete Davidson? No, I said from... Pete Davidson, and then oh, a lot of people okay. I don't know, and then John Cryer. Okay. Uh, what's it about? So it's 
a boy who starts off nine and he ages to about, I don't know, 16, 17 by the end. But it's a boy. It's a, it's a filmed over ten a 10-year period. Well, the first five minutes happen when he's nine, and then it jumps to when he's 16, but it's important. So the boy is best friends with an older guy that likes to party. Now, this seems really cool at first, right? Like, we all know when we were a kid, we all know that feeling of, hey, this older guy likes to party, and he's nice to me, and he lets me do whatever I want. This guy's cool. But gradually, the kid learns that this is not good for him in the long run. Now, I don't consider this a spoiler because the plot is really obvious from the trailer. So that's that's my synopsis. <laughs> so why is it a, a recommendation for you? I like this because, I mean, it works as a comedy. It works as a drama. I like it not only because Pete Davidson is funny, but it's relatable. So... We've all been there, as I said, and I think you're going to see a lot of yourself in this movie, for good and bad, because there's some cringe, which is unavoidable, right? In any coming-of-age movie, there has to be a lot of cringe. As Pete Davidson or John Cryer? Uh, As the protagonist, the the kid. This sounds a lot like 8th grade for boys. 8th grade is better. (laughs) (laughs) Eighth grade is better, but this is good too. Okay, awesome. And while you're on Hulu, you can also watch Venom. So there's that. Venom's on Hulu. It is. Ah, and while you're there, you should also listen to our episode of Venom. <laughs> Venom. Venom. <laughs> remember that. Remember that MM song that he did for Venom, where he just said Venom over and over again. Uh, I <laughs> unfortunately I do remember. I try to block it out unsuccessfully yeah. i might add yeah it's best feeder best feeder experience since cats <laughs> i did actually really enjoy that movie so cats uh no uh venom. <laughs> but I, I i am down to see cats if they release the butthole version all right netflix party for cats let's do it right. <laughs> once quarantine's over we're gonna have so many watch parties so you know what? Like, I, I legitimately love the feeder experience for cats. And I think it is like a, like a ironic classic, like the room. And in 10 years time, we'll be going to midnight cat screenings and, uh, drinking like caffeine cocktails, but we're going to be lapping them because oh, it's oh cats. You're fucking gross. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, I see that your next pick is YouTube? YouTube Premium. Now, this is not usually a service you associate with streaming, but it does have quite a few originals, you know, I've you know, that I never watch. I mostly have YouTube Premium because of YouTube Music, which I would argue is the best music streaming service. But... Once you have YouTube Premium, you get to watch, surprisingly, the most demanded series on streaming, and that is Cobra Kai. Now, for those of you who don't know, Cobra Kai is a follow-up to Karate Kid. 
it follows Johnny, the antagonist of Karate Kid, to present day and his continuing rivalry with Danielson, the protagonist of the original uh, original Karate Kid. And this movie or this show really switches up the dynamic where you start off uh, the show with Johnny and really see him as the protagonist. So, confession, I have not seen Karate Kid. <gasps> okay, first go see Karate Kid. I remember he punched somebody. He kicks someone in the face, which is not allowed. Yeah, yeah, that's a big part of the show. It's uh so in the Karate Kid, um Daniel moves to a new town and he's like uh introverted kid and he's getting bullied by Johnny and his friends and and then, well, the setup for this movie really comes from How I Met Your Mother, where Barney Stinson uh, can't always root for the villain in movies because he thinks they're the heroes. And he describes how Karate Kid was the story of this kid who was uh, destined for great things. And then some random punk comes in, messes up his life, uh, tries to steal his girl, and then beats him at the only thing he's ever been good at with a legal move. So, really, this show just just brings the true story of Karate Kid to the forefront. Wait, so Barney and How I Met Your Mother cheers for the bad guy. Is it because he always wants to see an alternative view, or does is his morals actually opposite from mainstream society? So, I think... Oh, this goes a little into film theory, but I think Barney Stinson roots for the bad guy like William Zabka because he he's he's someone who's Barney Stinson is someone who's uh, talented and popular and good at a lot of things in life. And one f- common trope of seventies and eighties sports movies or a lot of movies in general, like Rocky. Um, is that you don't you don't need massive training. All you need is a quick training montage, and you can beat someone who's naturally talented and have trained their entire lives. I think as someone at Barney Stinson, as someone who's succeeded in life, uh, he resents the fact that those types of movies, 70s, 80s movies, make light of how much training and dedication it takes to get good at something. And uh, in favor of protagonists like Daniel and Rocky, who come in day one, do a quick training montage, and becomes the best person ever at the thing. And I think Barney resents that, which is why I think he identifies with people like... Uh, Daniel from Karate Kid or uh, Apollo Creed. All right, all right. Uh, that that makes a lot of sense. I do wish that people would stop expecting the world to be like a movie. Uh, they put a lot of effort into something for one day and expect results. Like, yeah, I, I get why that's a problem. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know. I should have thrown Rocky in there. Rocky lost his first fight. Right, right. I was going to bring that yeah. up too. <laughs> Uh, but he beat Apollo Creed on the second one, and did he it, beat it, him that, with the power of friendship? Uh, I mean, they become friends. <laughs> you, 
Yeah, I, I have only seen the first one. <laughs> you need to watch Rocky Four. I need to watch If He Dies, Rocky, He Dies. If He Dies, he, also, um, also in Rocky Four, there's no joke a robot butler, and it's like out of nowhere, but it's like this fully sentient robot butler. But like none, nothing else in the movie is like technologically advanced at all. <laughs> <laughs> that's like. That's like what Stallone's movies are, you know. Like um, when uh, when you first start, you have movies like Rocky and Rambo, which are really serious uh, character studies and really dive into the human psyche. And then the next few movies are just cartoons. And then twenty years later, you go back to super serious movies like uh, Creed and. New uh, and Rambo Last Blood, dude. Creed was so good. Yeah. Okay. Anything else about Cobra Kai? Cobra Kai never dies. And first of all, watch Karate Kid. You philistine. Fine. Uh, <laughs> so everyone should watch Karate Kid and then Cobra Kai and see both sides of the story. Huh. Jeff, right. we'll have one more recommendation, and it's from you. Boys, and what's on? This is on Amazon Prime, and it's a movie, and it's called Britney Runs a Marathon. It's a dramatic comedy about being comfortable in your own skin, where a woman trains to run the marathon. Did she have a quick training montage and beats the best marathon runner there is in the world? Uh, There are a few training montages. (laughs) It's not quick progress, and mm. she doesn't win the marathon. Spoilers. She, right. Uh, it is actually based on a true story, so you could actually Google the real story. So in my mind, if it historically happened, it doesn't really mm-hmm. count as a spoiler because like, it already happened. It's out there. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that plus uh, we were talking about uh, Karate Kid earlier is that movies have gotten a lot better and have a lot more realistic portrayals of heroes and villains. So I think, uh, I think I haven't seen this movie, but I think it, it's probably a lot more towards the dramatic, towards the uh, more human aspect side of it. Yeah. So this movie stars Jillian Bell, who you might remember from workaholics and bob's burgers and a bunch of other comedies but this is the first first serious role i've seen her in and it is fantastic who's she playing bob's burgers um hold on let's (laughs) ask the google machine mandy and nat i who right Um, (laughs) sorry she's in a couple episodes but they're characters (laughs) Oh, she was she was in Rough Night and Twenty Two Jump Street. See, okay, I know. And Fist Fight. Yeah, she's in a bunch mm-hmm. of comedies. By the way, Rough Night is really good, and it's like not what you expect from the trailers. But go ahead, talk about bringing around some marathon. Oh yeah, we watched Rough Night together. That was good. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's about her getting in shape and improving herself, but. By getting in shape, there's a great part about self-improvement because when she gets in shape, she begins to improve in all aspects of her life, which is typically what happens. Once you start getting motivated to work on one area of your life, you tend to get motivated to improve other areas as well. 
But um, one price she has to pay is that she loses her old friends, mm. which is actually really realistic and it makes sense because a lot of people keep us around because it makes them feel better about themselves. If you ever see somebody, not just I mean, if it's you or a friend or whatever, if you see somebody go through a transformation of the personality for the better, you're going to notice if you look hard enough that there are people that that person used to be close to that they're not close to anymore. So it's it's part of the agreement. It's part of the deal. But it's... It, it should- and those people are what we call snakes. And you're good to lose them. Yeah. Yeah. So shows you a lot of parts of self-improvement good and bad and it's just an all-around heartwarming movie and you'll feel really good you'll feel really good at the end it's a feel-good movie so i think it's great especially since everyone's going crazy right now and the world's on fire but britney runs a marathon you'll, you'll feel good about it i think that's a really good one to end on yeah you uh, during this time of quarantine and uncertainty, you you have a lot of free time on your hands to improve yourself, and you can't talk, you can't meet your friends in person anyway. So you know, do be like Brittany, better yourself, and find friends who actually love you. There you go. That's a great way to end. All right, Rick, where can they find us? You can find us almost everywhere you can find the podcast. I'm talking about places like Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, Overcast. And if you want to reach us, you can email us at movieplacepod at gmail.com. All right. That's it. See you next time, guys and girls. Bye. And wash your hands for 20 seconds. <laughs>